All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. So excited to have you here. I'm bringing on a guest. I'm super excited to interview. We have Riley Jarvis joining us today. So let me tell you a little bit about Riley. Riley is the founder and CEO of The Sleep Consultant, an organization that helps CEOs, entrepreneurs, and high performers, just like all of you guys, transform their sleep, significantly boosting their productivity and energy levels. Riley started his own health journey many years ago, which I'm excited to dive into, um, and discovered that sleep was the missing link that brought everything together. Since then, he's been helping others unlock their their biology code and achieve sleep nirvana by getting to the root cause of the issue rather than putting a Band-Aid on symptoms. So I am so excited to bring him on. Let me cue the intro first and then we'll get into it. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Welcome on, Riley. So grateful to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Elena. It's a pleasure to be on today. Yeah, I I have so many questions for you. So let's just dive right into it. Um, I want to dive more into your business and mm. what it's about and why yeah. you decided to start it. Because most people, I've, I've heard that people do sleep, but you're doing yeah. sleep specifically for entrepreneurs, CEOs. So <laughs> I want to dive a little bit into that. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's been such an interesting journey. We can kind of get into the origin story where it all started, but I was originally working yes. in banking, kind of like the nine to five. I mm. went to school for finance. I guess I was just following my dad's footsteps. It was like, I want to get rich at the time. I was like, well, where do you, you go where the money is? So yeah. finance, you know, stocks and whatnot. But then I kind of found out like I liked that, but it was just the same thing, like doing financial reports. It was just that all the time. And I was always sort of into health. And it was kind of at that point, I was like, I just kind of want to do something on my own. But it was at that time I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease without getting into too many details. And I kind of had to take health into my own hands, forced to quit my job. And then it was just kind of through that, it was like improving my own health, getting to the root cause where that's coming from. Because yeah. doctors couldn't really do much for me from the side effects of the medication. And then, yeah, I was just building myself back up. And I try like supplements one month. I try diet one month. I try sleep one month. And once I got to that sleep month, it's like that's when everything changed for me. My biomarkers really? improved. Weight came back. Um, you know, skin was clear. Energy improved. Focus was there. And before I knew it, I shot way beyond I was even originally. It was like, okay, there's something to do with this. Yeah. Crohn's went into a complete remission. Hasn't been back since. Wow. And it was just sort of through this that, um, you know, I help friends with their sleep, friends of friends. Then it just kind of expanded globally to what it is today. But it's more through peak performance. Yeah. And I want to show people what I was able to achieve. Others can do as well. So that's kind of like that wasn't the sleep consultant yet, but it was sort of that those were the origin stories where it all was. Yeah. And then there's a whole entrepreneur journey of slamming your head against the wall with sometimes right. thing after thing, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So how did you figure out that sleep was the missing link? Because I know there's a lot of things that you go in and test and try and figure that mm-hmm. out. So how did you actually get to that point where you figured out that it was sleep that was actually going to be the thing that improved your health? Yeah, it's a good question. And it found me by accident, to be honest. My sleep was always sort of subpar. And yeah. I always came from the hustle mentality. Like I was just high performer, kind of late teenager, early, yeah. early 20s. It was like, well, why would I sleep? It was kind of just an extension, like staying up all night and partying with your friends. I was like, well, I'll just take that same energy and transfer that to work and just keep going down <laughs> nice. that road. But it didn't help too much. So it was kind of... Uh, 
I kind of thought, well, this this might be something. I heard good sleep is is good for you, but right. once I started listening to the experts and seeing what they said at the time, um, things just started to improve, and I felt better. I kind of just kept doing what was working, double dipping in that, and then it turns out it's like, well, this is the missing link. Yeah. Was that hard for you to make that transition from that hustle mentality? Because I felt that before where it's very much like, okay, if you want to be successful, right, it's very much sold in the American culture that you stay up later than everybody and you got to wake up earlier than everybody and you just grind, grind, grind like four hours of sleep a night. Clearly that's not sustainable. I've tried it. It sucks. You have to (laughs) probably. Um, So how do you kind of break that mindset? It's tough, especially in the beginning when you just want, you see sleep as a liability. Like why would I be unconscious and not be getting things done when I could just suck it up, throw it under the rug, drink a coffee and get on with it. And that's great. Like short term and for deadlines. But what happens one week from now, one month from now, you start to become burnt out. You start to become clumsy. You're not as sharp as you once were opposed to you just, you know, you're fully rested. The quality of your hours of sleep is just so well optimized that when you wake up, your your brain just on point and you don't need stimulants. Like it'd be nice to have, but you don't need any of that stuff because you're just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So then do you like, do you do any of like the coffee drinking or anything like that? Do you use anything like that to kind of like keep you, like help you stay awake? I don't drink coffee. I don't have any Mm. judgment for people who do, but I see that a lot of people drink a lot of coffee and I'm like, okay, why are you drinking so much? (laughs) I know some people it's copious amounts, like six, between six and 10 cups sometimes, especially with some of these high performers I start working with. But coffee is great. Like you'll see the science will come out like new headline. Coffee is good for you. It's good for cancer. It's good for this. It's good for that. And it is really good for you, but it depends on the place it's coming from. If you're using right. it as a crutch, yeah. then that's where it's a little, uh, that's where it'll go down the downward spiral. Yeah. But if you use it from time to time and you don't need it, like I'll drink coffee for sure. Right. Like if I have a deadline I have to do, or, you know, if I'm up late, I have to wake up early in the morning. I just need that kickstarter to go. It's like, right. okay, great. But maybe that's only once or twice a week. Maybe right. it's a whole week. Just depends on what it is, but I can rebound and recover pretty fast from that. Opposed yeah. to someone who's just dug themselves into a rabbit hole and they're just in order to get through the day, they need two or three cups and they don't have it. They're a walking zombie. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So how did like you learning about sleep for yourself, how did you make that into a transition into a business and make it into a business? Cause like doing it for yourself is one thing, but then having the idea and being crazy enough to take it to, okay, I'll go do a business with this is a whole nother story. So what it, was that, that journey for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think I just became so obsessed with the sleep thing that it would just help me so much. It's one thing like when you study for something, but when you actually feel it and you actually feel it change your life, like diet and exercise and all that was important, but sleep was just something that just became my passion. I was like, there's not a lot of people at the time really talking about sleep right now. And I thought, um, you know, helping a couple friends that were around me, I started transforming their lives. They told their parents, and I thought, I think I could turn this into something. But then there was like sleep. There's like sleep for toddlers, sleep for middle-aged moms. You know, there's so many different things of sleep. It's nice though, because it's niche universal. It's not specific to one thing. So it's like across all industries. So I was like, hmm, I think Mm -hmm. I could really turn this into something, especially the fact I didn't see it much of that before. You have people like Matthew Walker. He was on Joe Rogan, like why we sleep or Ariana Huffington and some of these other people, they kind of made sleep popular. And it was just around that time where this wave was coming. And I thought, I think I could really turn this into something. And the people that need sleep the most is high performers, um, but they also happen to be people with money and they don't have a lot of time. So even if they don't have enough hours to sleep, what about if we improve the quality of those hours and they'll mm-hmm. feel better on six hours instead of eight hours, multiply that two extra hours like every week, mm-hmm. month, year. For, they, they see the world this way, a lot of these high performers. And for them, that ROI is huge. So it was just kind of that transition. Then 
became the sleep consultant, helped you know people testimonials, built a course around it, and now it's shipping um, scientific lab testing at people's houses and looking at about two thousand biomarkers. And we can dive a bit more into that's that, crazy. but just getting to the root of you know where that's coming from. Yeah, that's super cool. And I saw that you created a sleep store. Uh, what is that all about? Yeah, so it's all about. Um, creating the best products I could. So that was kind of the early business journey. Actually, I'd started a drop shipping store called my true sleep and it was starting all these different products. Needless to say, it's not around anymore. Um, Mm. as a pretty recently, I had to shift focus, but a lot of mistakes were made in that. Like, for example, I sold like 80 something products. It was like, how do I do Facebook ads for all these things? I should have just done one, you know, looking back and you start to notice these things. But from that, I built relationships and that became a hybrid of like a service and then selling yeah. my products in the store, um, doing partnerships with people, um, and just learned right. so much about business through hands-on instead of just studying about it, um, mm. really. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. So now do you primarily just do like one-on-one coaching and group coaching? What does that look like in your business model? Yeah. So I do one-on-one and I do group as well. So I have a course and it's, so it's a hybrid model of once a week group coaching, sometimes yeah. twice a week, and then I'll do the one-on-one as well. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Um, and so as you were kind of going through this, this phase of like, okay, I'm growing my business. Do you think that, cause here in the business shift, like we were centered around the idea of, okay, the difference between a solopreneur and a business owner where the solopreneur is like, it's just me, myself and I, the business owner mm-hmm. is somebody who's taken their business and kind of separated it from themselves, right? The business yep. is no longer just themselves. And so yep. do you think that there's a difference in those terms? Because people use them interchangeably, like, oh, yeah. I'm, a solopreneur, I'm a business owner. So do you think yeah. that there's a difference? And uh, if so, what is that difference? Yeah, it's a really good question. I was talking to my friend about this. Some people will just throw these words around like it's all the same thing, but it's not because a solopreneur has become a new thing where someone might have a full-time job. Now they have a side hustle. That side hustle becomes their main thing and now they're a solopreneur. But to actually build that into a business, I think that's when you're creating your own business. You have a business owner and now you have other people you have to manage. Mm -hmm. But then there's a gray zone because you can have like contractors that you outsource on Fiverr to like the other side of the world. Or is it like a full-time in-house person or someone you know within your country? And like, like, what is that? So me, for example, I have one person that's kind of full time with me, but the rest were just sort of contracted out, just building these relationships. And it's really good for tax purposes and for the freedom aspect and everything else. But then there's an advantage of having like an in-house people working with you for the culture and everything like that, which that might get to, but, um, and it's different across different industries, what your business is, but it's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. So what, how would you say you kind of went into that, uh, went through that transfer of being, cause would you say that you started as a solopreneur kind of just like you doing it all yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you make that transition? Because I know a lot of people have resistance to hiring. And hiring it's people. tough because I wanted to control everything in the beginning. Yeah. And I thought if I gave that to other people, it was like, oh, my business reputation is on the line. Oh, right. This, yeah. What if they make a mistake? And I just, it really just came to the point where I just did too. I was, I was biting more than I could chew. And right. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was like 60 hour work weeks. It was like, this is not sustainable. It's getting into my sleep and I'm supposed to be the sleep consultant. So I should probably start hiring out to get the salt. <laughs> right. So what kind yeah. of shift was that required of you in order to be able to give up control? Because there's some people that I know that just, they just don't, they can't give up that control. So how mm. did you get to that point? Got it. So for me, it was finding leverage on my time. And I thought if I was to hire someone else and I could free up five hours or 10 hours of my time, 
it's not that I wouldn't work in those other hours. It was like, what could I leverage that to? So for me at the time, it was like marketing. It was like, okay, I have an additional 10 hours this week to put towards marketing, which mm. is more revenue in the business. And with more sales comes more scale to hire more people. And ultimately having that freedom where I could put myself out of the business and yeah. still work with people, but just not as much as it was before. It's right. great for me because I love working with people one-on-one and it brings me yeah. passion, brings me joy. But at the same time, if I'm just doing one-on-one, like 12-hour calls a day, there you have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yep. And that's what I was wondering. So perfect. That answers my question. So what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to make that transition? Because the, it's like easy to get stuck there as like a solopreneur. How would you recommend they make that transition? It's a great question. And it's it's sort of the same thing of thought of even starting a business. You know, when you're about to start a business and you just read about it, but you never actually take action. Yeah. It's kind of like hiring someone. It's the same way that I noticed. So it's just jumping in, hiring yeah. someone, knowing there's mistakes that are going to be made. But the mentality I've always come from that's never failed me is fail faster. And the mm -hmm. faster you'll fail, like just think in order to achieve success, you need to do like 100 units of failure. And the faster you go through those, success is on the other side of that. And yeah. when I saw it that way, it was like, so I wasn't avoiding the pain of failure. I was, I was trying to get to it faster. And I built this resilience around that. And then right. it, it ultimately came from that. So uh, it's easy to run away from the pain. It gets painful sometimes, like stressful. Yeah. But once you get used to it and that's the expectation, then um, things become a lot easier. Oh, I love that. That's super clear. And it just makes it it makes it so then you can take that on and go, yeah. okay, I am going to, I am going to fail and that's yeah. going to be okay. And I'm going to totally. figure it out and I can just move through that. And I think exactly. that that will help people move past that resistance to bringing people on. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I would love to dive in and talk about sleep now. So, cause you're a sleep expert. Um, and so I'm curious, why did you decide to, uh, help CEOs, entrepreneurs, high performing, uh, high performers with their sleep specifically? Because like you said, sleep works across all industries because we're all humans. We all need sleep. So why mm -hmm. did you pick that specific niche? Yeah. So I started super broad and I heard from a lot of, I had business coaches too. They said, you have to get very niche with who you're helping. And yeah. they said, like, you can, you can talk with people. How do you want your business model to be? And they told me you could be sort of a jack of all trades where you charge not a very high price, but you make it for everybody. Right. Or you could go hyper niche, but very high ticket because with specialization comes a higher price point that you can start charging. And even yeah. though that sleep, how to help somebody, the mechanism is still the same. How people perceive that value is different, especially if right. you talk to them and the sales pages and whatnot. And so we came to the conclusion is like, who has the money? Who needs sleep the most? It was these high performers, CEOs, executives. Um, and it was like the perfect fit, like when I found it. And yeah. it also just happened to be a match of my personality because before right. I was sort of a high performer too. And it was just people that I would enjoy working with that could carry on to you know, acquaintances and they would refer you people and it right. turned out to be the case looking back. But, um, yeah, that was kind of it. It was like, how can I get maybe less clients, yeah. go deeper with them, but charge a higher ticket as a result, I have more time. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And so what, what is kind of your, I, I'm curious if it's different for everybody or do you have a general recommendation as far as what is enough, enough sleep? Good question. So everybody's different. We have something called chronobiology. Chronobiology. We basically it's our internal clock. Yeah. And 
it's usually between about seven and nine hours. There's yeah. genetic freaks out there that only need two or three hours of sleep. And we, <laughs> we all know those people. It's crazy. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the majority of us, we need about seven to nine hours. But what's important is we have 90 minute sleep cycles. So 90 minutes, three hours, four and a half, six, seven and a half, nine hours. We usually want to wake up at the end of one of those sleep cycles where we begin to mess up is let's say we have an alarm clock yeah. and we wake up in the middle of a 90 minute sleep cycle when we're in like a groggy brainwave state. That's when we just, we don't feel the best and we don't set the day off on the right foot. And that's what we need coffee. We need stimulants just to get through the day. Right. So do you recommend people still set an alarm or how would they figure out when it's time to wake up if you're in those like cycles? It's tough to know sometimes. Ideally, yeah. you would do it with no alarm. So yeah. people who do it without an alarm for a, period, a long period of time, they'll get up at the exact same minute every single morning. So like it's crazy, 7.42. Like for me, it's like 6.33, 6.34. Yeah. What the? Um, that like specific time? That specific. It's so <laughs> strange. And even if I go to bed later, I'll sometimes wake up at that same time. But yeah. it depends. Everyone's genetically different. So, yeah. But if you do have an alarm clock... It's going to spike your cortisol. It's going to spike your adrenaline. It's not your body's natural rhythm. So it's it's just a little bit more difficult that way. Right. But the other side to that is, well, if I have a meeting at eight, I kind of need an alarm clock to make it to that meeting. I'm not just going to rely on my body. Right. Um, I've tested it before. It's came close a couple of times, but got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so then do you think that there's a way that you could train your body to wake up at a certain time without an alarm? Because for example, like I was like doing, I was not waking up to, for with an alarm for about two months or so. It was great. Mm. I felt great. But the, the thing was, I was like, oh, but I want those morning hours, let's say like yeah. five to seven to do some deep work when everybody's asleep. Sure. But my body's not naturally waking up at 5 a.m. even if yeah. I'm going to bed at like 9 a.m. So I was like making yeah. sure that my night routine was good, but yeah. it still wasn't waking up at that time. So yeah. do you think there's a way that you could train your body to do that? Or is it just going to go the way that it wants to go? Yeah, it's a good question. So your genetics are going to be hardwired to wake up at a certain time and just have a different rhythm throughout the day. Mm -hmm. You can either honor your genetics or you don't necessarily honor your genetics. If you honor them and wake up at the same time and have that consistency, it's going to reward you with energy, with focus and things like that. Yeah. But you can train your body. I mean, our bodies are adaptable to anything. Right. We can train our body to really do whatever we want. So if you do that for a long period of time, you can do that for sure. But are you getting the most out of your genetics and biology and what it's capable of? Probably not. You probably might have like 20, 30, 30, 20 30, 40% more to improve from that. But again, right. it's different for everyone. So the best way to do that is a genetic test. And you can see what is sort of that chronotype. And yeah. that's why I say like test, don't guess. But you can yeah. do quizzes too. Like there's one called the power of one quiz.com. Mm -hmm. It's by a do uh, doctor named Dr. Bruce. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a sleep doctor. And there's four animal signs. You have a dolphin, a lion, um, bear, and wolf. And based oh, on that, cool. it's a different schedule throughout the daytime. <clears throat> what's What's best for you? So yeah, that's one way to do it. And it's free and it's quick. And then yep. step two to that is you can always do genetic tests. Okay, very cool. Is that do you guys do that with your company and, and what you offer? Do you do genetic testing? Or what was the testing that you were talking about at the beginning? Yeah, so we do genetic testing. It's one of many different things we'll look at. So one yeah. will be genetics. We'll look at all your genetics. We'll look at your hormones. We'll look at your mm. brain neurotransmitters. We'll look at your blood biomarkers. We'll look at your gut. We'll look at just every single thing. And we'll see where the hidden stressors in your biology. So without getting too sciencey and geeky, <laughs> you can have a cortisol, uh, cortisol rhythm that's off as to why. Mm inside of your gut, you could have leaky gut, you could have bad right. blood sugar regulation, which is causing you to wake up in the night, 
even if you don't think you wake up in the middle of the night, there's so many things that could be causing you to just not be feeling at your best. And we yep. have deep sleep and we have REM sleep. Both of these are equally as important. And we need about an hour and a half to two hours of each each night. If we're not getting that, um, we're not going to feel at our best the next day. Yeah. So what's what's required to, I guess, if you were to look outside of testing, um, if you weren't going to get tested or anything like that, because I know sleep is more than just the time that you put into it, right? You could lay down for nine hours and still feel crappy the next morning. So like, what is that ultimate outcome that we're trying to achieve with like not just putting in the time and how, how would you go about achieving like good quality sleep? Yeah. So I have, so what you said in the beginning, it's called sleep nirvana. It's a term I came up with and it's, it's like, what's our end goal state? Cause good sleep is great, but like, yeah. what does that look like? How do we t- make it tangible? So what I see it's sleeping between seven to nine, seven to nine hours. Well, being able to fall asleep within five to 10 minutes easily, mm-hmm. like just head on the pillow lights out. Yeah. Staying asleep uninterrupted for seven to nine hours and then waking up with an abundance of energy that lasts all day long without the need to take any stimulants. And if you can achieve that naturally, because your body's natural rhythm and everything is in place, then you've achieved that sleep nirvana state. For some people, it'd be seven, some might even be six, but to where they feel at their best. And when they kind of hit that place, I've heard people say they feel like Bradley Cooper and Limitless, like they're just firing (laughs) on all cylinders. I love Um, that. So it's it's pretty amazing how it manifests for each person, um, but we're all genetically, you know, wired differently. So that's where it's interesting. The other part is you don't need lab testing. So yeah. you can do the basic things like um, cold bedroom environment. You know, right. make sure it's dark. You can use like a diffuser. Um, remove blue light before bedtime. Uh, when you right. wake up, expose your eyes to light. A lot of these things, the environment that we would prove, which we would do anyway, if we're going to improve someone's lab results. But if we want to get more specific, we can look at those other things. But, you know, Mm -hmm. just managing overall stress, waking up at the same time every single day. A lot of these basic things we'll just do first anyway. Do the low hanging fruit and then we'll start going a little bit more um, down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And do you see that people's amount of sleep that they need within like a day or a night changes as they age? Yes. So when we get older, we usually need less sleep, but we're talking like once you're like 50 plus, that's when we need less. But between like, let's say 20, 45, it's generally about the same overall. Um, But if you didn't get that much sleep before and you got to catch up on sleep, like if you find your body's always exhausted and tired, that's probably a sign your body's telling you you need more sleep. So this weekend, just try and do a binge sleep marathon and then you can catch up the next week. Sleep (laughs) So a sleep deficit and catching up um, isn't really true, but you can. I was going to say, I'm like, can you actually like catch up on sleep? It's yeah, it's a little complicated. You can't really like, for example, let's say you went to party hard on like a Thursday night and you were up late. Even if you got a good sleep on Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, by Monday, you still wouldn't be fully recovered. Really? Your body would still need some time. So that's just why one sleep deficit can can be a lot. And so like for for people to get their life that organized to sleep well for three nights in a row after one one binge of not sleeping that well, it's tough to organize. So it makes you yep. think how many people are truly sleep deprived. Um, they're not doing all night, you know, going out and stuff, but you know, there's there's a range there. Wow. Yeah. And I can just imagine how much that affects things in the long term. And that was my next question is like, what are some of the long term effects that you see um, on people from not getting enough sleep? Yeah. So like the scary ones over time is, for example, like dementia, heart rate risk, um, 
all these disease things. But once you get those out of the way, you know, increased aging, um, you know, your skin, just all the physical features. But then if you get to some of the, excuse me, psychological things, we're talking about memory recall, emotional intelligence, relationships with loved ones, being a good decision maker in your business. Um, Also like sales calls. Like when you go on a sales call with someone, I have seen when we put an aura ring on and they improve their REM sleep, it's not what you say. You can read any business script, but it's the delivery. So like what you say in between, how you read something. So when we improve their sleep, they'll track everything. They're like, my sales call closing has gone up through the roof. No way. Because of that. So um, it's in, so it's all these things that it bleeds into. It's really interesting. Um, But uh, you know, anything from that to the business to, you know, that deep focus, like imagine you can get an eight hour day done in six hours or done in four hours because that deep focus is so much more. Um, It's a lot of possibilities there. So it depends how it looks like for someone. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. And so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this, but like, what are some of the most common sleep myths that you've heard and how Mm. do your beliefs differ from them? That's a really good question. Um, I guess the obvious one is I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, that's great. You, I've heard that that has been said to me many times. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's uh, probably the most common of all of them. Yeah. Other sleep myths I've heard is, you know, alcohol to sleep. When we drink alcohol, mm. it will reduce our sleep quality, specifically REM sleep. Mm. It'll help us get to sleep. But if, if we were so stressed out and we had some alcohol and helped us sleep better, short term, sure, it can help us sleep better. But something that's a long term solution, it's just not sustainable. Um, let's see other things. Blue, like if I look at my iPhone before bedtime, it's not going to affect my sleep quality. They've shown that it does, you know, blue, blue light will directly suppress melatonin. Blue light has also been shown to increase like cancer risk and all these other things too, um, which is big. Um, other sleep myths. Oh God, there's so many. Um, I can drink coffee, you know, at the evening time and I can sleep just fine. But genetically, some people are a fast metabolizer of coffee. Others right. are slow. Others can do, others can't. So yeah. it's hard to compare sometimes depending on who it is. But yeah, these are just some of them. Pretty much anything you should think of with sleep um, that, you know, they're out there. But the biggest one for me is sort of using hustle, like the hustle hustle culture as a badge of honor. I'll right. sleep less in order to get ahead. That's probably the biggest one that I've seen, especially with entrepreneurs. It's great to do for a deadline. But if you were to track yeah. this over time, like imagine those sales calls you could have closed if you were just a little sharper or the decisions right. you could have made or a relationship that you could have saved. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity cost. Right. And so that is that the direct correlation between sleep and productivity is that you're able to be sharper mentally and able to handle yeah. those things. Is that the direct correlation there? Exactly. That's what it is. And then if you were to see what are the byproducts of that, your hormones are optimizing that be- are optimized better. Uh, the foods you're eating, you know, they're able to be better absorbed. Um, your neurotransmitters are firing more properly. You're not all stressed out. Um, yeah. Even your memory recall, like if you're to zoom into your brain with an fMRI scan, you yeah. would just see completely different brain activity. Our amygdala wow. too, which is the emotional processing center, if we're sleep deprived over time, it'll actually start to shrink, meaning that we have poor emotional control. As a result, really? we might be yeah, not as not as sharp, and we'll go more to our reptilian brain at the back, which is more primal versus our prefrontal cortex in the front of our brain, which will cause to be more rational to be, you know, just better overall human beings. And it's also why, like when we meditate, we build up that gray and white matter in our brain. It'll improve like the the circuitry in our brain, like how fast things are firing with with better sleep will come that as well over time. So you can think of sleep as a tool 
to become sharper, to become faster, instead of just this thing, oh, I have to do in order to make it to the next day. Right. Um, using an actual tool can really help you in a lot of ways. Oh, that's so, so cool. So I saw on your website that you guys do like a sleep assessment when, when somebody first starts working with you. So like, what yeah. is that process that you walk people through and how would you recommend somebody starts to learn their own sleep patterns? Yeah, it's a great question. And so because everyone's different, I just bring them through a typical uh, template. Yeah. And so we'll look at, depends if they're wearing to a sleep tracker. So we'll track people's sleep with them and or ring an Apple watch, a Fitbit or anything else. As part of that sleep assessment, I'll see all their data if they have something like that. But if not, then I'll just, I'll send them a sheet and I'll say, I want you to track your sleep for the next week and they'll write down, okay, what time did I go to bed? What time did I wake up? How many times did I wake up in the middle of the night? Uh, What did I eat today? What was my energy out of 10 today? Motivation today, et cetera. And we'll usually get a pretty good mark from that. Then we'll do like the power of one quiz and we'll sort of see where they fall. And just these basic questionnaire things. And then from there, we'll look into their diet, their, you know, their emotional well-being. What is their morning routine, evening routine, and basically decoding like their entire day, their being, what is their exercise, um, the foods they're eating at what times, um, the caffeine intake they're having, just pretty much everything in, in, in their life. And then based, the more information I have, more data points, then we can take all that, come up with a protocol and then really start getting to work, whether that's lab testing or something that's just a little bit more broad in general, both are great. Right. Okay. I love that. And so you mentioned like sleep tracking. Do you have a certain tracker that you personally like and would recommend the most? Yes. Have it here. The O-ring is my favorite. I've Other heard good, of this. <laughs> it's awesome. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's pretty big with entrepreneurs. I've seen it growing so much. Um, yeah. Whoop is good. Um, there's just so many out there, but O-ring is what they specialize in. Like sleep is their thing. If I wanted to track like how many steps I took during the daytime, if like I was a big hiker, I'd probably look at like Garmin or something like that. It's just, you know, whatever they specialize in, that's, that's what I look at. Right. Okay. That's very cool. And so how long have you been using your aura ring for and what specifically is it tracking for you? I have been using it since it first came out, which is probably 2016 or 15, I want to say. Wow. This is the third generation, but their first one was like a big clunky thing. Like some people <laughs> wouldn't even wear it because it, it, they'd be too embarrassed. You're right. But um, so what I look at is deep sleep, REM sleep, my heart rate variability, my body temperature, my breathing, how many steps I got that day, my resting yeah. heart rate pretty much everything that you can see inside. Now it's not as accurate as a sleep study at a hospital, but we're not looking for one-time events. We're looking for trends. And so if I just wear this over time and I look at a month's worth of data, I can see are things going up or things going down. And is it related to the foods I was eating? Like if I went out last night, things are going to be going down. Well, how fast did I recover? And it's, it's all stored historically. So I can look at some of this stuff and see like, okay, this new protocol I'm following for the next 60 days let's see what that tracker looks like. And I might think it's all in my head, but when I look at, at objective data, it really helps solidify it. So like, no, it actually is working. Oh, that's super cool, man. Well, I have absolutely loved this. I have one last question for you. Sure. Um, and it's what are the steps that someone takes today to start improving their sleep? Good one. So to start improving your sleep, the easiest things you can do is cold bedroom environment temperature. What that looks like is Fahrenheit, between 65 and 68 Celsius, about 1820. Step two is make sure it's completely dark. Ideally you want your bedroom so dark where you can't see your hand in front of you. 
but you have yeah. to be realistic too. So right. blackout curtains, even like lights from electronics in your room while you're sleeping, when our eyes are closed, we have these light receptors that can detect light on a subtle level, even, even reduce our melatonin. So like blocking those out if we can or turning them off. Yeah. Um, any night lights. You can also use a diffuser. Really good essential oils are, I like lavender and I like frankincense. Those are a good combination. Is that supposed to like help relax you? Yeah. So lavender is a natural relaxant. Um, you know, sometimes people use using bass and stuff like that, lavender yeah. for relaxation. Mm -hmm. And frankincense is known as like the master essential oil. If it's good quality, it's it just helps with antioxidants and all this other stuff while you sleep. That's my favorite combination. But you know, there's other ones you can get too. Yeah. The next point I would say is we want to make sure, uh, actually, this is one people probably haven't heard of is your bed. You want to, you can raise the head of your bed. So where your pillow is, raise that by about three inches and that can help improve your sleep quality. The reason why is because we have this sort of draining system in our body called a lymphatic system. Yeah. If our body lays flat, it's hard for stuff to be drained from our brain. And so if right. we sleep on a slight incline, it can help with that a oh. little bit. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, another one you can do is like an eye mask. A great company is called Manta Sleep. They're yeah. great. Blue light blocking glasses. I really like um, a company called True Dark. They have glasses that are literally red. Like it makes you look like X-Men, but they block <laughs> at all forms of blue light. So that's great. Um, cool. and you, you can go down the gadget thing. Uh, for your computer, right. you can download iristech.co. It's like a, a blue light blocking um, application on your computer or Mac. You can yeah. do Epsom salt bass before bedtime. Mm. That'll help um, relax you. And then when your body's hot, after a bath, your body will slingshot in the other direction to a cooler temperature and a cooler really? internal temperature will help you sleep better. So these are some tools you can play with. But um, once people do this, they feel a lot better, but you can you can definitely go deeper on this stuff. So like taking taking a hot bath or shower will actually result in you getting better sleep? Exactly. Because after that, your body will slingshot in the other direction to really? a cooler internal temperature and you'll sleep better as a result. It's kind of like so when people will do cool, like the cold plunges, Yeah, you feel really cold, but your body's response to that is like, I got to heat up so I don't die inside. <laughs> so they'll- Okay, uh, that makes sense. It'll kind of, uh, it'll go up too. So yeah, those are some things you can do. Another one is like, don't eat any heavy meals three to four hours before bedtime. Right. Intense exercise, um, no alcohol before sleep. You can do yeah. alcohol before sleep. And then you can look at supplements too, like melatonin's good, but just a little bit. Um, yep. L-theanine, GABA, um, you know, valerian root. You can use relaxation teas. Yeah. Finding out is the stress coming more from my mind or is it coming more from my body? If it's your body, mm. you want to look at certain things. If it's my mind, then you probably want to look at other things. How do you tell the difference between the two? It kind of takes some awareness, but like if your mind is racing and your mind feels stressed and you're like an overthinker, then it's probably in your mind. And that yeah. could be a neurotransmitter thing where maybe it's a deficiency and a little bit of serotonin. Yeah. Maybe it's too much adrenaline rushing through. If it's your body, it's like heart rate is elevated. Um, you know, it's kind of like that feeling when you feel super stressed in yeah. your body and you have like that pit in your stomach, but then you go to do exercise, all that cortisol just gets flushed out of your system and everything yeah. is back in balance again. That's kind of more of your mind or so your body, but your mind is like, I'm going to do a meditation session and I feel a lot better from that or, yeah. um, you know, just any of, any of that kind of thing. That's amazing. Wow. Well, 
Thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. So where can people, if they want to get help with their sleep, if they want to connect with you, where can they go? Where can they find you? Definitely. Yeah. They, pretty easy. They can go to the T-H-E, sleepconsultant.com. They can apply for a free 15-minute uh, sleep assessment and we can dive in. It's directly with me, uh, not someone on my team. And we can, we can dive in, decode your sleep and try and get you to 10 out of 10 as fast as possible. Man, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we call it today? I think we covered it. I don't want to load people with too much, but uh, if anyone has any questions, just feel free to reach out. Um, you can find me on social media too. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and cue the outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.